0: This is Father Reed Henseling sharing with you the Word of God. In our daily lectionary, we are celebrating year two, proper five in the Book of Common Prayer, the first Sunday after Pentecost. Now the reason it's in propers versus which Sunday after Pentecost is because Easter is a movable feast. So we never know exactly when the first Sunday after Pentecost is. Now we know that the first Sunday after Pentecost is Trinity Sunday which we celebrate on June the 7th, and in that week of scriptures, it will be the first Sunday after Pentecost, and then the scriptures will be from proper five in the prayer book. So, last week we looked at Ecclesiastes, Galatians, and Matthew, and this week we look at Ecclesiastes, Galatians, and Matthew. We will be finishing Galatians this week, and we will be finishing Ecclesiastes. So, we have a couple of weeks of each of those books. So, On Sunday, we're looking at Ecclesiastes 6, 1 through 12. So let's turn to Ecclesiastes. And we will spend some minutes talking about Ecclesiastes. And then we'll talk about Galatians. And then we'll talk about Matthew. Now, Ecclesiastes is asking the question, what's really important? What is significant? How should I live my life? What is, what's, where's my priorities? Where should my priorities be? And remember at the beginning, at the opening verses, we talked about meaningless of vanity, vanity, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Does this any of this make any sense? Am I going anywhere with this? Does any of this have any values? what I'm doing have value, purpose, meaning? Does anybody care about what I'm doing? Does God care of what I'm doing? So in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, 1 through 12 is our beginning text on Sunday. He has a wonderful chapter regarding the importance of of wealth. I have seen another evil under the sun, and it weighs heavily on men. God gives man wealth, possessions, and honor so that he lacks nothing his heart desires, but God is not enabled him to enjoy them. And a stranger enjoys them instead. Instead, This is meaningless, a grievous evil. So what do you do with wealth when you don't really appreciate it or you enjoy it, and a stranger enjoys it indeed? A man may have a hundred children, verse 3. Many years, yet no matter how long he lives, he can't enjoy his prosperity and does not receive proper burial. All man's efforts, verse 7, are for his mouth, yet his appetite is never satisfied. What advantage has a wise man over a few, fool? What does a poor man gain by knowing how to conduct himself before others? Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. This too is meaningless. So read this slowly and think about what's important and what's meaningless. And when we get to the end of this section, we'll find out what's really important. So in chapter 7, which is on Monday, 1 through 14, a good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of death better than the day of birth. It's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, for death is the destiny of every man. So he gets right to, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. So what does that say about meaning or lack of meaning? It is better to heed a wise man's rebuke than to listen to the Song of Fools, verse 5. That's certainly important. That's certainly significant. All right. So again, wonderful sentences in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 that talk about what's important and what's not. He says in verse 14, which we find on Monday, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider God has made the one as well as the other. We're going through the coronavirus pandemic right now. When times are good, be happy. But God has made both of them, both good times and bad times. Now, how are you going to handle good times and bad times? How are you going to prioritize? What is your attitude going to be? How are you going to conduct yourselves? Are you going to be reflective about the good as well as the bad? Are you going to think about your relationship with God in relationship to the good and the bad? And so we go on Tuesday to 8.14. We skip over to 8.14 to 9.10. So if you want to, please read the rest of chapter 7. 8.14 to 9.10. The hearts of men, 9.3, moreover are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live, and afterward they join the dead. Pretty macabre, pretty negative, okay? Now our hearts are full of evil. So if our hearts are full of evil, and then we die, what's the point, right? What's the point? In verse nine, he says, "'Enjoy life with your wife whom you love.'" So isn't it wonderful to have a relationship with your spouse that is loving? Verse 12, no one, this is on Wednesday, knows when his hour will come. No one knows when it's come. As fish are caught in a cruel net or birds are taken in a snare, so men are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. You never know. Be ready, be prepared, Jesus says in Matthew 25. You don't know when that time is going to come. Wisdom is better than folly in chapter 9. In chapter 11 on Thursday, 1 through 8, we have that famous cast your bread upon the waters and after many days it will, you will find it again. Verse 5, and you don't know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you can't understand the work of God, the maker of all things. If you don't know the path of the wind which you can't see. And of course, we don't know that path. We kind of generally know. Or how the body is formed in a mother's womb. Even to this day, we don't know everything, but we know a lot. You cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. So what do you do in that case? You trust him. You thank him. You consider to follow him. You love him. You honor him. Even when times are bad and things are not good. Even when there's difficulties and troubles. So we have the pandemic now, and we have this situation with George Floyd and protests all over the country. What is going on? What is happening? Is God doing something? Is God behind this? What does God say about this? What does he think about this? Chapter 11, verse 9 on Friday. Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart, and whatever your eyes see, but I know that all these things God will bring to judgment. Now, folks, you may want to just do whatever you want to do, but remember, at the end of this whole thing, there is judgment. You want to be very careful the way you live your life because one day all of us are going to have to stand before the judgment seat of God. Chapter 12, verse 1 is a beautiful verse. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Do not forget the Lord. Follow the Lord. Do his will. Do what he says. Now, my favorite two verses of Ecclesiastes, which I love immensely and I think are terribly important. I could talk about it for an hour. Is 12, 13, and 14, the last two verses. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. So if you learn anything in those first 12 chapters, fear God, keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. For God will bring into deed every judgment, deed into judgment. Remember I just talked about judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or bad, good or evil. We are going to be judged by the Lord. Watch what you do. Have purpose, have meaning, have value. Do it in the name of the Lord. Fear the Lord. Keep his commandments. Know his commandments. Know his word. Trust his word. Do things that have eternal value, not just temporal value. Do things that matter. Do things that glorify the Lord. Do things that put God first in your life. It's a great way to live. Enjoy the reading of uh, of Ecclesiastes this week. All right, Galatians chapter four. Galatians is an amazing book after 2 Corinthians and it is a wonderful exercise in the importance of justification by faith and knowing Christ and not being caught up in the power of the law. On s- Monday, we're looking at chapter 4, verses 12, to, verses 12 to 20. And he continues to share with him. I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. You have done me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, if I were Jesus himself. What happened to your joy? Have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? Do you dislike me because I told you what the truth is? Isn't that a great question? Why are you not listening to me? Why are you going in a different direction? I told you what the truth of the gospel is, but you're following another gospel. Why are you doing that? Chapter 4, verse 21 to 31 is found on, thir- on, on Tuesday, and chapter 5, the great chapter 5, 1 to 15 on Wednesday. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. I do not, I do not want you to become enslaved by this new gospel, which is no new gospel at all, which is no gospel at all. I do not want you to be enslaved by this false teaching, because it will enslave you if you believe it. Now, I'm not supporting legalism, Paul says. I am supporting freedom in Christ. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, in verse 6. And so he asks him, you were running a good race. Who cut into you, verse 7, and kept you from obeying the truth? Why? Has this happened to you? Why are you abandoning the gospel? You, my brothers, in verse 13, you were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature. Rather serve one another in love. What a beautiful line. So the entire law can be summed, uh, summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you keep on dividing biting, and dividing, uh, devouring one another, it also divides. Watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So our abiding destroys. Look at what's going on in our country today. And devouring one another, watch out or you will be destroyed. On Thursday, we have the, the wonderful text from Galatians 5, 16 to 24. He encourages us. He pleads with us, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The sinful nature does what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit which is contrary to the sinful nature. If you're led by the Spirit of God, you're not under the law the law is good, but the law cannot save you. The law cannot lead you. It can, it's a signpost to what is right or wrong. It's what to do right. And of course, the opposite, to do wrong, you want to avoid evil. So it, it tells us what the truth is. But it's not able to help us carry that out. Who's help, able to help us carry that out, Father Reed? The Holy Spirit. So, live by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Let the Spirit lead you into the freedom of Christ not unto yourselves, but the freedom in Christ. He tells us what the acts of the sinful nature are in verse 19 to 21. And he tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is in 22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the way I want you to live. That's what I want you to produce. That's the fruit I want you to bear in your life. So, verse 25 on Friday. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us live by the Spirit and have the Holy Spirit guide us into all righteousness and truth. Chapter 6, carry each other's burdens in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ, verse 2. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So chapter 6 is about wonderful lines uh, of truth that I hope that you will enjoy reading later this week as we get into Friday and Saturday of this week. Do not be deceived, verse 7. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Very true. Now, if you sow in verse 8 to please your sinful nature, you're going to reap destruction. If you sow to reap the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. And so we want to reap the Spirit. We want to sow the Spirit. We want to reap good things. How am I going to reap good things? By not sowing negative things, so good things. A man reaps what he sows. A woman reaps what they sow. Do not be deceived. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to the thing, to the family of believers. And finally, may I never boast verse 14 of chapter 6 except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has anything, means anything. What counts is a new creation. You and I are new people in Christ. The cross is central. Jesus dies for our sins. He gives us the cross, He gives us eternal life. We are to be new people in Him. Speaking of Jesus, we have readings today, this week, today, and this week from Matthew 15. And so we have texts from Matthew 15:21 through Matthew 17:13. We're in the middle of the journey with Jesus, and we are studying and reading and reflecting upon those things that He is doing in His ministry. Now remember, so in Ecclesiastes, we're thinking about wisdom. We're thinking about what's important. We're thinking about our philosophy and our way to live. We're thinking about how God speaks to us in the everyday activities. In Galatians, we're dealing with the truth of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and being led by the Spirit and not living under the law or living under legalism. In Jesus's, uh, the scriptures we share about Jesus from the Matthew this week, we just see what the man is doing. And so, for example, on Monday, we're looking at a woman who came from a foreign country, a foreign area, I should say. Uh, She was a Gentile and her daughter was in very serious trouble. And she needed Jesus' help. And we see another miracle of Jesus divinely healing someone. Jesus has the power of healing. He has the power to set people free. So again, as you're reading through the scriptures and you're praying about them, you're thinking about how God is speaking to your spirit in terms of this great miracle that he does. In 29 to 39, which is the next day, we have the feeding of the 4,000. Now he's already fed the 5,000. But now we see another miracle where he has seven loaves and a few small fish. They take He takes the seven loaves and the fish. He gives thanks. He breaks them. He gives it to the people. They ate. They were satisfied, and they picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces. Jesus nourishes his people. Are you being nourished by the word of God? Are you being nourished by Jesus in prayer? Are you being nourished by Jesus in worship? How is Jesus feeding you? What miracles is he doing in your life? Chapter 16, the Pharisees and the Sadducees want a sign. People love signs. Prove to me that you're the Lord. Prove to me that you are the Christ. I want proof. In verse 13 to 20, which we find on Thursday, we have that great question that Jesus asks every one of you, every one of us, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? It's a question that all of us are going to have to answer. Who do you say that I am? On Friday, we have the end of chapter 16, 21 to 28. Jesus has a confrontation with Peter. Read that. It's very interesting. And then he talks about predicting his death. Now, we know of three occasions that he specifically predicted his death. He told his disciples exactly what was going to happen, word for word. And he lets us know. Now, did they remember that when he died? They didn't remember that very well. Someone might have remembered that he said that, but when he was confronted by the folks that came out with clubs and swords, it wasn't very long until the disciples fled and ran away. In chapter 17, we have the transfiguration. So we begin with this wonderful healing miracle, and we end with the transfiguration, where Jesus becomes, his clothes become dazzling white, and Moses and Elijah show up, and Peter's all excited, and then God speaks. What does he say? This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now, if you remember anything that I've said this week, that's, those are good words to end with. Listen to Jesus. God the Father says, listen to Jesus. And if you and I will listen to Jesus, and by the grace and mercy of God, the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, we will live by the Spirit and follow the Spirit and do what the Spirit tells us as we are listening to Jesus. We are going to fear God and keep his commandments. We're going to keep the word of the Lord, and the Lord will bless us. Lord God, bless your people in this week of Bible reading, of prayer, of listening to the Lord. May the Holy Spirit work greatly, greatly in our midst. Bless these readings, and thank you always for your eternal word. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. See you next week.